Good morning. It is Friday morning. Welcome in to Choosing Wisely, presented by MasterTech Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling. This is our weekly pick show. And uh, every week we pick nine college football games against the spread. We have had diminishing returns throughout the season so far. Um, started out really hot. Had had a had a good seven and two week to start. I had an eight and one week a couple weeks ago, but then had my first losing week of the season uh, last week. I I forget the exact record, but I'm still significantly above 500. Our guests are a game or two over 500. Uh, our guest this week is going to be Blake Topmeyer from uh, the USA Today. He is an SEC columnist for USA Today Network. And we're going to get to those picks in just a minute. But first of all, I want to remind you that this show is brought to you every single week by the Master Technicians and Mighty Nice People at Master Tech. You can find them online at mastertechphc.com. You can call them at that number right there. They call it the coolest number on the planet, 573-777-7777. Even if you don't think it's the coolest number on the planet, it is one of the easiest to remember. And Master Tech is offering you a couple of deals for watching and listening to this show. When you set up a free visit with one of their advisors to get a free quote on a new heating and cooling system, all you got to do is mention this show. You're going to get a $35 credit good for future service work on plumbing, heating, or cooling. Some restrictions do apply, but tell them you heard about it on PowerMizzou.com and uh, on Choosing Wisely, and they'll hook you up with that deal. Also, throughout the month of October, Master Tech needs your help. All month, they're going to donate $10 from every HVAC service call and $100 from every new heating and cooling system sold to the American Cancer Society's Real Men Wear Pink campaign. It's a great time to get your furnace repaired or replaced and also help out a great cause if you call Master Tech at 777-7777 today and get on their schedule. Again, $10 of every service call and $100 of every new system sold is going to go to that American Cancer Society Real Men Wear Pink campaign. So um, we had to move the schedule around a little bit today. Um, Blake Topmeyer, for, uh, nice enough, not fortunate enough, we are the fortunate ones, He it probably was his misfortune, to join us from the Houston airport. Um, we're having some, some technical things we got to figure out with our streaming software here. So we did record the picks with Blake, and uh, we're going to kind of go along, and we will display those with you, uh, display those picks as we go along, and then I'll come back at the end of the show to kind of wrap things up. But do want to go ahead and get to this week's picks. This week's guest, uh, fresh off last week, uh, me losing for the first time all year, which was disappointing to the illustrious Joe Waljasper, whose college football knowledge is obviously uh, well beyond any of mine now that he doesn't cover college football anymore. But we're going to bring in uh, Blake Topmeyer this week, who once upon a time covered Missouri, then covered Tennessee and decided he didn't catch enough hell, so he needed to cover the entire SEC so every fan base would hate you. Does that sound about accurate, Blake? That, that sounds about right, yeah. I was uh, I was just thinking about this yesterday. In the last four weeks, I think I've had three fan bases mad at me and convinced that I hate their team. So that's not, not bad. I don't know what I did that, that fourth week. I had nobody mad at me. I must not have been doing my job. Yeah, so sounds about right. You are. Uh, we're going to pick one of the games you're going to going down to uh, watch. I don't know what could end up being Ed Orgeron's last game, I guess. 
Yeah, I, I'm curious about that. I mean, I think it's a matter of when, not if, with Ed Ogeron. I'm, I'm sort of in the camp of, like, the coach who can be fired in mid-October can just as easily be fired in November. Like, the right. bill's already paid. You know, the room's paid up for the week. You might as well, <laughs> might as well use it for a while uh, rather than then uh, speed along that buyout but who knows uh yeah i mean I don't, I don't see lsu going bowling this year and with a loss to florida maybe they just rip the band-aid off and and uh just get it over with on sunday and to be fair lsu has a history of uh doing things like this mid-season so we'll, true we'll yes yeah. how it goes yeah the danger but, uh, in that is your interim coach performs so well you end up hiring him which is what lsu did last time right that, that's fair so uh all right, so the way this works, I just randomly pick nine games. I believe you said you did 10 minutes of research, which is an all-time record for this show, so uh, congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, we are starting in the Big Ten because why not? All our people really care about the Big Ten. And I like Michigan State, I mean, Mel Tucker, midseason coach of the year, in my book, four-and-a-half-point favorite at Indiana. So how does this work? Do I lead off here? You, you go. Yeah. Okay. You just tell me what you think. You you give me your pick. And then then I uh I, I decide do I need to catch up or do I just wanna do I just wanna stay even? Got it. Well, according to my 10 minutes of research, uh, Indiana's Michael Penix is questionable for this game, yeah. their quarterback. So that that scares me about the Hoosiers a little bit. Uh, I'm surprised this line isn't a little bit bigger so maybe something fishy's going on there i don't know but i'm gonna i'm gonna not overthink it and take michigan state i mean indiana they almost lost to western western mich western michigan western kentucky i think it was a couple one of weeks ago yeah one of those western schools so if you're almost losing to directional schools uh i, I think uh, i think michigan state can cover that four and a half yeah uh michigan state is what indiana was supposed to be and I don't know how to feel about a Michigan State team that has a good offense, but like they had a dude with five catches for 220 yards, and they have right now my Heisman winner. Um, I would vote for Kenneth Walker for the midseason Heisman. So I'm going, <coughs> I'm going with Michigan State. I'm impressed really that I know that much about a team that's not in the SEC. That's uh, that's an all-time record for me. Yeah, I th I really like this idea that the Gabe Diarmid midseason Heisman. Do I get a vote in that? <laughs> I get to vote Absolutely. for the, the real Heisman. I'd love to vote for your midseason Heisman. You could just, I, I mean, we can make it a thing. You know, I, I might do one every week. I might do the weekly Heisman. I think it would actually carry more weight than the real Heisman, which is probably going to go to a quarterback somewhere. Always, yeah. Stetson Bennett, your Heisman winner this year. <laughs> the quarterback of the best team in the country. Um, all right, this one I only picked because uh, Missouri fans are familiar with at least one of these teams. Um, I couldn't name a single player on the other team in this game, but NC State favored by three and a half at Boston College. Kind of tells you about this week that, like, I've got to pick nine games and NC State-Boston College made the cut. Yeah, so I've seen NC State once this year. Watched them on on television when they played Mississippi State, and they looked terrible. Um, and my only exposure to Boston College was uh, catching Mike Kelly's radio call uh, of the end of that game while I was en route to another game. And so Boston College sounded pretty good uh, there against Missouri. So based on those two single game exposures, uh, I'm going to take Boston College in the points here. I know they're. They're coming off a loss to Clemson, I think, but uh, I think that was a road game. They're at home, so give me Boston College. Yeah, um, you have seen one more NC State game than I have. Um, I've seen zero plays of NC State, I believe, since 
Philip Rivers was the quarterback, maybe. Uh, that, that's my life. I don't think he's there anymore, but but I don't know. But I'm going BC based on like I don't even think they're all that good. But I, I think the whole ACC is terrible. Uh, I'm going BC for I, I don't even have a reason. If I'm being about it. So. so NC State, I've watched them play, but I did not get to listen to the audio of that game because I had a couple games going in my living room. And it was at Mississippi State. And, of course, you had the cowbells going the entire time. And my wife was in the living room with me. And she said, what is that god-awful noise? She said, please, turn the volume off on that game. Listen to another game. Um, so, yeah, I, I got to see NC State play, but I, don't, I did not get to listen to any audio from that game. I, I think people have a misconception of how much college football writers actually see college football. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, all right. Now, in the uh, you are doing this from the Lone Star State, the Houston airport. So uh, probably a lot of Texas fans super fired up about their team uh, walking around the Houston airport right now. They are a four-point favorite over Oklahoma State because of the NCAA final in Texas this week. In uh, yeah, I think Oklahoma State's going to win this game outright. I mean, Texas coming off of what is their Super Bowl, right, playing Oklahoma. Uh, so maybe they have a letdown on, on the heels of their near victory over the Sooners. And I don't know. I just think Oklahoma State's uh, better, and I base that off of not having seen Oklahoma State play this year. Yeah, uh, I, I know Oklahoma State struggled with, like, a couple of really bad directional teams in, in the first couple weeks. Um my pick actually has absolutely nothing to do with Oklahoma State or Texas. It is based on the idea that the Big 12 is absolutely just going to cannibalize each other and they're all going to lose a game so that the Big 12 can't be in the uh, college football playoff this year. So I'm picking Texas to beat Oklahoma State and then Oklahoma State to come back later and win Bedlam and kind of wreck everything for uh, whoever the commissioner of the Big 12 might be these days. I might still be Bob, Bob Bowlesby. I really don't know. I think it is for now, yeah. yeah. Your your theory on the Big 12 is sort of my theory on the Big 10. I, I feel like they're all going to start beating up on each other pretty soon, and they're going to be left looking around like, do we have a playoff team, or did we just knock our best hope out of it? Right, except for Iowa, who's not going to lose during the regular season because they play absolutely – I mean, they played Nebraska the rest yeah, of the Yeah, that's true is basically what they do. All right. So I had a theory and it's not like a novel theory, but I've done this for like three years. Every time I pick a game, whatever the point spread is, I pick Alabama and that kind of burned me last week. And they are now favored by 17 at Mississippi state. And I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. I just don't trust Mississippi state. Like one week they're out there needing to block a field goal to beat Louisiana tech. The next week they're blowing out NC state then they're losing to Memphis, uh, then they're beating Texas A&M. So it's, I just, I can't trust Mississippi State from one week to the next. Um, I, I'm probably getting suckered in by the idea of Alabama coming off a loss is going to be playing with the fire of a thousand suns or something. But uh, I don't know, that, that, that narrative is working on me, I suppose, because I'm picking Alabama to, to cover the 17. And yeah, just as much into that as I just... I don't trust Mississippi State. If I actually were betting with real money, I'd probably stay away from them every week because you have no idea what you're going to get from them. If I actually was betting with real money, I would not bet any games. At well, all. yeah. Petrified yeah. to lose them. But uh, I'm picking Alabama because this is like the week that we hear, uh, see, Alabama's vulnerable now. 
mm-hmm. and and Alabama comes back and rips off seven straight and beats Georgia in the SEC title game, and we get the Alabama-Georgia national championship game that makes almost no one happy except people in Athens and Tuscaloosa. Um, so I'm going Alabama pretty much probably the rest of the year. All right, now the uh, here's here is – I can't believe this line is what it is, and there's probably a reason because – Vegas builds big buildings and I record a YouTube show in my home <laughs> office. But Kentucky is getting 22 and a half at Georgia and like I know Georgia's really good but god that seems like a lot of points. It does, but I also think like is Kentucky just sort of Arkansas in the east? And if yeah. that's the case, well Georgia beat Arkansas by 37. So uh, and, and I also don't think Kentucky's going to, they're not going to score more than like seven or maybe 10 points in this game. So it's all about just how much is Georgia able to run it up. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, despite that really scary number, I'm taking Georgia. Uh, I just don't trust Kentucky to score much. The interesting thing is though, even if Kentucky loses this game, you look at the rest of their schedule and it's pretty weak. Like Kentucky legitimately can go 11 and one and play in the Sugar Bowl for the first time since 1951 when Bear Bryant was the coach and they, they beat Oklahoma. So, yeah, I think Kentucky's big thing coming out of this game is, like, just make it somehow look respectable so you don't hurt your Sugar Bowl chances. Yeah, don't, com- Georgia. don't completely embarrass yourself is the goal. And Kentucky's not going to win this game, but you're right. They're not going to score more than 10 or 14, but I don't see Kentucky giving up 35 to anybody this year either. So I'm going with Mark Stoops. Um, I'm a believer. I think he covers but loses, and it's never really close. Uh, all right, so we mentioned you're going to Baton Rouge. Do you ever think you'd cover an LSU game where in Baton Rouge where they were a 12-point underdog? And maybe if they were playing Alabama, but that's about the about the only way. Um, yeah, this is a this is a really strange series. Uh, I was writing about this this week. Um, in the last 20 matchups in which one of these at least one of the teams is ranked, the lower ranked team has won nine out of out of those 20 times, including four out of the last five meetings. There, there's been an upset in the series. So um, just when you think like no way um, LSU competes in this game. You know, the, the series history tells you otherwise, but I don't know. I mean, LSU, like half of their starting defense is hurt. Kayshawn Boutte is is hurt, their best offensive player out for the season. Um, and I think there's a possibility that LSU's just sort of packed it in for the year. Uh, so I'll take the Gators to cover the spread, despite the series history telling me to be wary of that. Yeah, I haven't watched a lot of LSU last the last few weeks, but people that have said it looks a lot like they've quit, like they're just kind of waiting to fire Orgeron. Um, I mean, I always call him Gene Chizik because that's, <laughs> that's who he is. But, um, I, yeah, I got to agree. I, I mean, I think Florida covers this one probably pretty easily. LSU could be headed for like four and eight, five and seven. And uh, like before we go on, like how good's that job? You, you know the SEC, the the whole landscape. I mean, is that, what, the third best job in this league? Fourth best job? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's right in that range. Um, I think it's... I think it's going to be pretty interesting. Like, is that is that a more appealing job than USC? I mean, 15, 20 years ago, probably not. You know, people want to be at USC now. I don't know. I might rather be at, at LSU. I think you got a better chance to 
to quickly win a national championship at LSU. So I, I think it kind of depends on how many teams are in the playoff. In a four-team playoff, well, USC is a better job. In a 12-team playoff, LSU is a better job. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and, you know, that's going to be such an interesting coaching search should it come to pass because you know, everybody talks about Scott Woodward's hiring history as an AD, but, I mean, they talk about it because it's relevant. He hired Chris Peterson at Washington. He hired Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. He just pried Kim Mulkey away from Baylor in women's basketball and brought her to LSU. Like, this is not someone um, who goes into coaching searches thinking, like, okay, I'll, I'll hire the up-and-coming coach. Like, I mean, he, he swings big, and he, and he usually gets who he wants. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting if this opens. I mean, you know, I think you're going to hear James Franklin's name come up from, from Penn State. Um, I wonder about Mario Cristobal at Oregon. Like, I think you're going to hear a lot of big-time names um, at the top of the hop board if and when this, this job does open. I think there's a decent chance the next LSU coach is coaching in our next game, which is my favorite game of the week. The over-under is 427 between Ole Miss and Tennessee in Knoxville. <laughs> you, you think Josh Heupel is going to be the next LSU coach? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's where I'm going with that. He's, he's going to okay, do just, such a good job getting Tennessee to seven and five. He's getting the LSU job. Just just making sure that's that's the coach you're referring to in this matchup. Right. Uh, yeah, this one first to a hundred wins, maybe seventy five. I don't know. Yeah, like these two teams are kind of in a way mirror images. I mean, Josh Heupel and Lane Kiffin pretty much run the same offense. Uh, with the tempo, the spacing, the RPOs uh, that obviously Missouri fans are, are familiar with. And when it's going great, they score in a hurry. When they're not, it's three and out in 20 seconds. Um, but I feel like Ole Miss does that offense better and has the better quarterback. Hinton Hooker is actually playing really well for Tennessee. But, I mean, Matt Corral, I think, is as good or better than any quarterback in the nation. So um, I'll, I'll, take, uh, I'll take Corral and uh, Lane Kiffin returning to Neyland Stadium to cover the t- to cover the two and a half. You know, so Lane has returned twice as Alabama's offensive coordinator. Right. And Lane actually told the story on a podcast a few years ago that the first time he returned to Neyland Stadium, the Alabama security team recommended that he wear a bulletproof vest during that game. And I think he was telling that story in seriousness. You know, it's kind of hard to know with Lane, but they were suggesting that he wear a bulletproof vest. And Lane said, like, guys, it's just football. I'm not going to do that. Um, so maybe like enough time has passed now that he'll be safe. Uh, it's been 11 and a half years, but I can tell you living in Tennessee, Lane remains one of the most polarizing figures in the state. Like everybody feels some type of way about him. Now, not everybody hates him. Like the, the feelings have cooled for some fans. And there's actually some portions of the Tennessee fan base that would have loved to have had him back during either the 2017 or the coaching search in, in January. But still, um, there's there's the flip side of that too, and there's there's a lot of all fans that have not forgiven him for his uh, his middle of the night exit there in uh, in 2010. Every week, coached by Derek Dooley or uh, Jeremy Pruitt, made Tennessee fans like uh, Lane Kiffin a little bit more. Absolutely. I, I I really want to pick Tennessee in this game, but I just can't. Like, how much credit can you give Tennessee for scoring on Missouri and South Carolina this year? Uh, there's they're bad teams. I mean, I think it's time we face the fact th- those are not good teams. Um, so I'm going Ole Miss because I think Ole Miss is actually a good team. It's at least a good half team. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if if Tennessee is. 
I, I think they're a decent half team and a, a below decent half team. Um, yeah, and I also think, like, I mean, we know this from, you know, having covered Josh Heupel at Missouri. When they play bad team, when a Josh Heupel right. offense plays bad teams, they can pile up points in a hurry. Um, but then when they play a good team, it doesn't look so good. Now, I guess the flip side of that is Ole Miss's defense is not very good. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe they can can kind of get in a track meet here, but I still like Ole Miss. Yeah. Um, it, game of the year last week, I thought, between Ole Miss and Arkansas. Now Arkansas – gets Auburn at home in Fayetteville, Arkansas favored by four. I've bet against Arkansas or picked against Arkansas every single week on this show, I think. And it keeps burning me. And maybe I'll learn my lesson this week. I don't know. Where are you going on this one? You know, I think it was just like this time a week ago, there was the debate. I believe, I believe Feinbaum started it if, of whether Auburn is the third best team in the SEC, and I thought that was kind of curious. It's like I don't, I don't know that Auburn's the third best team in their own division. Like, take out Georgia and Kentucky, I still don't know if Auburn's the third best. Um, and Auburn, I mean, they haven't beat anybody. They they beat LSU in a close margin, but um, you know that win does not hold the weight that it that it normally would. So. Uh, I, I don't know. I th- I'll take Arkansas. Um, I mean, Arkansas scares me a little bit, too, but I like the fact that they've beaten Texas and Texas A&M versus Auburn's best win is um, is LSU. And, and and Auburn almost lost to Georgia State, too. Like, I can't forget, right. I can't forget about that. So, yeah, I'll take Arkansas. Yeah, I've been burned. In, that, Auburn being the third-best team in the SEC – it reads to me like Paul Feinbaum's producer waking up on a Tuesday and going, we don't have anything to talk about. Can yeah. I, They'll call in for this, right? Yeah, absolutely. We know a lot of fans in Alabama listen to this show, so uh, let's let's get this going. Let, let's let's stoke the airwaves here. I mean, I, I just Auburn's fine. They're just they're there. Um, I'm not sure Arkansas is really better than fine either, but they're at home. I'll go with Arkansas based on I, nothing, based on I've lost against them pretty much every week. So once I pick against them, now uh, now Arkansas will win this game by a field goal and I'll lose lose the bet. Um, all right, so last one. We always save Mizzou for last. Uh, a lot of people, like, really shocked. A&M's only given nine points in Columbia. What do you think? Yeah, so I came across one of those gambling sites, and I wish I could remember which one it was. I'd give him a little credit, but I don't know. I can't, so sorry. <laughs> but one of those gambling sites told me that Missouri is 1-9 and nine in its last 10 games against the spread. Yeah, they're 0-6 this year. Have not come. Uh, okay, so I'm going to stick with the trend there and uh, and take Texas A&M to, to cover. Uh, I was at College Station last week and got to see Zach Calzada just play absolutely out of his mind. Uh, in that game. So I don't know if that means he's getting better or if he just had like a Disney moment right. against Alabama. Uh, but I mean, I feel like Missouri's defense is like the, the perfect team to go up against if you want to repeat that. Um, although they've struggled more against the run than the past, right? But still, I mean, it just seems like terrible defense all the way around. Yes, so. they've struggled more against the run than the pass all year, but they managed to struggle against the pass last week against North Texas and Austin Audi. Right. I don't and, know what and you know about him. I know nothing, and I watched him play. 
No, and didn't South Carolina, or not South Carolina, didn't Southeast Missouri State run it down their throat? I mean, Missouri won that game, but didn't Southeast Missouri State, like, run wild against Missouri? I mean, it depends on if you think 294 yards rushing is a lot. Yeah, uh, it seems like a lot, yeah. so. So, yes, would be the answer to that. Oh. Yeah, that, I think that, that should have been our sign that, that uh, Missouri might not have been all it's cracked up to be. Uh, be great. Yeah. yeah, and I was I was one of those people pumping that hype in the preseason. I, I will admit, I thought this team was going to be pretty good, and uh, I I think I I was wrong on on that. I'm I'm, I'm ready to say it. I, I was ready to say it a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So I'm making this pick based on two things. Number one, we've only disagreed on two games so far, and that's no fun. So we got to disagree again. Number two, you know me, I'm a huge raging Mizzou homer. I oh, mean, I always go out of my way to to pump up Mizzou, but I'm actually making it based on the fact. Look, AM's getting a ton of credit, but they've only been that team once. They've actually been pretty bad five out of six weeks. I think they're going to kind of read their press clippings, have a little hangover, come in here and go, well, we beat Bama. God knows all we got to do is roll the helmets out and beat Missouri. And I do think they're going to beat Missouri, but I just think it's going to be like a one score game. Even if that's, you know, even if it's a backdoor cover by Missouri, just kind of getting one late, making it a little closer than it looks. I I mean, like you said, hey, Missouri's one and nine against the spread. Law of averages says they're gonna gonna cover one of these weeks, right? Well, I've just hung up on you saying they're reading their press clippings. I hope that's true because I read I wrote a couple of those press clippings, and I, I hope people anywhere are reading <laughs> press clippings. Uh, so, quick story: I got an email this week from someone pointing out, you know, some column I I wrote pr- was proven to be wrong, and they had my column like literally cut out of the print edition wow. and sat on their kitchen table and took a picture of it and attached it to me in an email and said, looks like you were wrong. And I'm like, Hey, I'm just impressed hey. that you, you think enough of my columns to cut them out. Right. Um, I, I'm found a hard copy of the paper. Yeah. I'm like, this is sweet. E- email me and tell me I'm wrong all the time. If it means that you're cutting out my columns in the paper, that, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. Uh, so yeah, I don't know why I'm going with Missouri, but I'm going with Missouri. So that'll be fine. Um, I don't know, man. What's the uh, second half of the season? You cover the whole SEC. What, what, what are kind of other than going to wherever Georgia's playing every week? What's, what's to watch in this league the second half of the year? I mean, I think with Alabama, like was last week the, you know, as we were talking earlier, was it was it the one game stumbling block that becomes the footnote in their national championship season? Or was it like actually revealing some deficiencies in this team um, that maybe started to first show up in, in that Florida game? Um, I, I think that's that's one of the narr- I think Kentucky, too, like could continue to just be this. um sort of storybook tale uh you know mark soups if he can like i said if you look at that schedule they really should go 11 and 1 i mean who, they might get killed tomorrow or, or saturday against georgia but they, they could go 11 and 1 and play in the sugar bowl and and for kentucky that's uh that's something that comes around once once in a generation um and then obviously the the lsu coaching search you know assuming that happens at this point i don't I don't see any way it doesn't. Um, I think that's going to be interesting because, you know, I mentioned uh, a couple guys outside the SEC that could be linked to this job. As you alluded to, Lane Kiffin, I think you're going to see his his name. Um, you know, whether there's any any uh, any flame to that 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 fire or not, I don't know. But uh, you're definitely going to see that that link to. I mean, Lane and Baton Rouge would just be a glorious experience. I think for 
everybody to observe. Um, Except and I think, all Jets fans. <laughs> yeah, I think he could win big there, or like he could have one too many hurricanes in New Orleans, and we just never see Lane again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who knows? So last thing, kind of along those lines, you mentioned Stoops. Like, if Mark Stoops is ever leaving Lexington, this is the year he leaves, right? Whether it's I, whether it's LSU or like if Ole Miss, I don't know. Somebody should want to hire Mark Stoops this year. And if he doesn't leave now, he's just going to sit there with a lifetime contract and, and win eight or nine games and, and be perfectly happy. Which, if he's smart, and I think he, I think he is, <laughs> he's, he's proving that he is, he just stays there with that lifetime contract. Like, I always think, like, who's advising these coaches? I guess it's agents that just want more and more money. But, like, you know, they, they have a good thing going sometimes, and then they go somewhere where they're going to get fired. Like, I mean, it's like you said, Mark Stoops can have a nice, long career at Kentucky. I mean, what is it in his contract? As long as he makes a bowl game or as long as he wins seven games or something, he automatically gets a year added onto his contract. I mean, he doesn't even have to have that good of a season. I think it, I think it's seven wins. Um, and he gets uh, he automatically gets a year added to his contract. I mean that's a that's a sweet deal. And it's not like he's he's not making anything. I mean I think he ranks middle of the pack in the SEC in salary. So yeah, I mean if I were Mark Stoops, which obviously I'm not, and I'm sitting in a Houston airport and his team's six and zero, I'd be like uh, I think I'm just going to retire here to Lexington and keep cash and paychecks for another. 10, 15 years and, and call it a career. But yeah, you're right. If, if there was ever a time to parlay his success into more of a big time job, I think this is it. But, you know, he's got Kentucky to the point where a lot of years they can be a top 25 program. Uh, job security is, is great. Ah, man, I'd be pretty tempted to just hang out there. Definitely. Well, uh, hopefully we wasted some of your time hanging out in the Houston airport and uh, and helped you pass the time until you hit Pat O'Brien's or whatever you're going to hit down there in Louisiana. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, the food for sure. The game, I don't know. Although I said the same thing last week. I was like, oh, I'm coming down here to College Station to cover a likely blowout. And then I saw like the game of the season. So who knows what tomorrow will have in store. But if nothing else, I'll get some uh, some Cajun food. All right, man. Safe travels. Good catching up. All right, so that is Blake Topmeyer again, his layover between Knoxville and Baton Rouge in the Houston airport, taking some time to record the show with us. Appreciate that. Um, again, had to had to do things a little bit differently with displaying the picks. We did display those, uh, you know, earlier in the show, um, and I'm looking to bounce back from my first losing week of the season. Um, I, I don't like that feeling. I tell you who you'll never lose with though is master tech plumbing, heating, and cooling. You can find them online at mastertechphc.com. You can call them at that phone number right there, 573-777-7777. And, uh, they are offering you two special deals. First of all, just for viewers of this show. Uh, and listeners to this show if you're listening on the podcast. Throughout the entire season, you set up a free visit with one of their advisors for a free quote on a new heating and cooling system. They're going to give you a $35 credit good for future service work, plumbing, heating, or cooling. You don't necessarily have to get the heating and cooling system that day. Just ask, just set up the, the appointment. Tell them you heard about it on Power Mizzou. They're going to give you a $35 credit for whatever work you might need done in the future. The other one is um, something they're doing to help out the American Cancer Society's Real Men Wear Pink campaign. Throughout the entire month of October, 
They will donate $10 from every HVAC service call and $100 of every new heating and cooling system sold to that Real Real Men Wear Pink campaign. It is a great time to get your furnace repaired or replaced. Help out a great cause at the same time. You call Master Tech at 573-777-7777 to get on their schedule. And part of the money you spend with them is going to be donated to the Real Men Wear Pink campaign and the American Cancer Society. So uh, those are our picks for the week. That wraps up our weekly streaming, of course, tomorrow morning, 11 a.m. We're just under 12 hours from kickoff right now. Mizzou and A&M will start the pregame show at 9.30 tomorrow morning. Afterwards, we'll have the postgame drink. We will have full coverage of the Tigers and Aggies all day long. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us and watching. On your way out, hit the like button. Subscribe to the channel. You'll get a notification when we go live tomorrow. If you're listening on the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud, wherever you're listening to this, leave us a nice review. Leave us a comment that lets some other people know what we're doing. Every week we get a few more people hanging out, and we always like that. So appreciate you guys uh, being with us. Appreciate Blake Topmeyer taking some time to pick some games and have a little fun, catch up, and we will see you tomorrow.